Welcome to the Artisan CEO, where the art of photography meets the business of profits. This is where strategy and craftsmanship coexist so that you can run a creative business that supports a life you love. I'm your host, Abby Grace, and I promise to give it to you straight. It was 2011 and I was driving home from the first photography workshop I'd ever attended. So I was floating on cloud nine, like feet not touching the ground, so excited, hyped up on everything I just learned, could not wait to go home and crush it in my business. I checked my email on my phone, which was my first mistake, and I saw that I had a new message from a groom that I had sent my pricing over to just the day before. I will never forget that email. So my pricing at the time began at $3,000 for wedding photography, and his response included, quote, thank you for your response, but we are going with someone a bit more reasonably priced. I appreciate your enthusiasm, but at $3,000 for six hours, you would be making more per hour than I do as an attorney who does million dollar transactions. That's my favorite part. I'm sure there are tons of people in the DC area caught up in wedding fever and willing to overlook such a ridiculous request. That's just not us. End quote. I felt like I'd been punched in the stomach. <laughs> my pricing at the time was pretty in line with industry standard for my area and, and my like level of experience. And I was pricing myself based on the goal of going full-time with my photography business. And that email made me feel as though I had been told to sit down and charge less. This was what I call a put a pin in it moment. This is when things shift significantly and you can point to the exact moment in time that caused that shift to happen. I wrote back with a gentle explanation of why my rates were what they were and was not surprised that I never heard back from Mr. Lawyer. But from that moment on, I resolved that I would never let anyone make me feel bad about my rates because I was running a business, not a hobby, definitely not a charity. And I wanted to earn enough to leave my corporate job and go full time with photography. I was confident that my skill level matched the rates that I was charging and the amount of time given to each client in order to earn a living wage. That email also confirmed for me that for some reason, our culture seems to feel okay with telling artists how they should charge for their services. But no one's doing the same thing for doctors or, dare I say, lawyers, are they? I realized that even though my work wasn't saving lives, the expertise I brought to the table and the time that I spent serving my clients, it is worth paying for. It's a totally different kind of work than someone in a white collar job, but it's still worthy of compensation. And I would argue that because what we do as photographers is considered a luxury in many fields, doesn't that mean that it should be expensive? Art is inherently subjective, right? Like there is no industry standard or workers union of photographers that sets a minimum rate of compensation that people are legally obligated to pay. And maybe that's why people feel at liberty to disagree or barter with artists because nobody's telling them that they can't do it. And because as a society, we've told artists that their work isn't worth very much or that it's going to be hard to make a living as an artist, that when someone does question your pricing or tell you to sit down and charge less, you feel like maybe they're right. Maybe I am overcharging or maybe I'm not worth the price on my website. Who am I to charge these kind of rates? My friend and brain photography client, Ashlyn Carter of Ashlyn Writes, she always corrects the phrase, charge what you're worth to charge what the market can bear. And that rate what the market can bear is going to change from market to market based on the laws of supply and demand, your skill level, existing brand equity, and more. 
So my rate of $3,000 for a day of wedding coverage, I don't know where he got six hours from, by the way. Maybe their wedding was only six hours, but it was for a full day of wedding coverage. So my rate for a, a day of wedding coverage, right, was more than Mr. Lawyer felt was reasonable. And that's okay, because it meant that he didn't value wedding photography enough to budget $3,000 for it. No problem there. Seriously, no problem. There are plenty of other photographers who could serve whatever budget he did have. And I didn't begrudge him that. Actually, if he had written back, I would have gladly said, hey, what is your budget? I love to send you to a talented friend of mine who falls more within what you're looking to spend. But one lone client's idea of what constitutes a, quote, reasonable rate, that affects how they choose to spend their money not how I choose to price my services, especially when the market has proved that it's willing to bear it because the market had proven it was willing to bear what I was charging. I had numerous contracts with other brides and grooms at that price point to prove it. Real quick, photographers, are you tired of lather, rinse, and repeating the same tired collection of forgettable photos from one brand session to the next? If you're ready to turn yawn-worthy galleries into the sort of results that thrill your clients and get you both noticed, then you're definitely going to want to join me for my free training, The Backstage Secret to Scroll-Stopping Brand Photography. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're just getting started out in the world of branding, this session is for you. I'll teach you my number one strategy for crafting stories that resonate with your clients and their audience, which is the biggest secret behind creating galleries that not only look stunning, but also drive engagement and sales for your clients, which, spoiler alert, is what keeps them coming back for additional sessions in the future. Because as brand photographers, purposeful matters more than pretty, but who says you can't have both? Our job is to think like a marketer and shoot like an artist, but you have to have both pieces of that equation and learning to approach with the mindset of a strategist that changes everything. So if you're raring to say goodbye to cliche galleries that simply repeat what's already clogging your Pinterest and social media and hello to a method that drives brand loyalty and real bottom line growth, then head on over to abbygrace.co slash training. That's abbygrace.co slash training. It's time to leave those forgettable, smiling at a laptop photos in the dust in favor of a more tailored approach that's gonna leave your clients obsessed and already planning for their next shoot with you. One more time, that's abbygrace.co slash training. I'll see you in class. In the words of Jeff Goins' best-selling book, Real Artists Don't Starve. So throughout the book, Real Artists Don't Starve, Goins uses Michelangelo as an example of a talented artist who was paid well for his work and was unabashed about charging appropriately for his skill level. Looking at the Wikipedia page for the term starving artist, it defines the idea as, quote, an artist who sacrifices material well-being in order to focus on their artwork. They typically live on minimum expenses, either because of a lack of business or because all their disposable income goes towards art projects, end quote. There's a time and a place to put all of your disposable income towards art projects. I know, I've done it. Everything I made in my first year of business went straight to B&H in order to purchase lenses and camera bodies. There's also an appropriate time and place to choose to work for free or at a discounted rate, maybe because you anticipate a return on investment in some other way, like you can point to what the ROI is going to be. Like, 
when I chose to take on a couple of beta client shoots before we officially launched my brand photography offer. I was pivoting from weddings to branding and I needed to beef up my portfolio a little bit. So I sought out two to three clients who needed updated brand photographs and I offered my services to them at no cost because I foresaw that being able to launch my offer with a more robust portfolio, that was going to allow me to charge full price rates from the get-go instead of offering a bunch of discounted services because I was presenting a validated offer. Clients weren't feeling like they were doing me a favor by hiring a photographer who had yet to prove that they could deliver what they said they were going to deliver. I proved that. And it worked. And I do not for one minute begrudge artists who offer their services in a similar way at the beginning or when testing out a new offer. But being a starving artist because you feel guilty about charging for your work or because you're hemorrhaging money due to inefficient systems and poor management, that's a completely different story. This whole trope of the starving artist does not have to be true. And the good news is, is that it's up to you to determine whether it comes true for you or not. Maybe as creatives, we feel bad for charging for our photography services because the work feels so enjoyable. Like, how could we charge someone for something that we love so much? It doesn't feel like work, so you feel dishonest or gross or icky taking people's money or for asking for, quote unquote, too much of it. I remember when I first started my business, I was 22 and engaged, and I was overwhelmed by how expensive the wedding industry was as a whole. And I remember thinking, I was sitting at my corporate job, and I was thinking about what I wanted my website to look like, and I remember thinking, I'm going to be the noble photographer who keeps my prices intentionally low so that people like me who are on a small wedding budget can still afford to have great photos. It took me like two months to realize that if I wanted to do great work, I needed to charge higher rates. If I wanted to stay in business, I literally could not afford to be a cheap photographer. I had to be able to pay for the cost of doing business and burning out because I'd been working too hard for too long and had too little to show for it, that wasn't gonna serve anybody in the long run. That kind of practice of working too hard for too long for too little, that leads to resentment and resentment is poison to relationships. You're gonna be angry with your clients, probably angry with yourself. Here on the Artisan CEO Podcast, we are in it to run our businesses for as long as we want to. And part of that longevity means running your business at a profit, earning more money than what you spend. Maybe you feel bad charging more because someone you know told you that it's too high. Maybe you were made to feel like, who do you think you are charging for your work? But just because someone else places a different value on your work than what you've assigned it, that doesn't necessarily mean the price needs to change. Like I could walk into the Louis Vuitton store and pick up a $2,000 bag and argue with the sales rep that because the materials to make the bag only cost $140, totally making that number up, that I should only have to pay $140 for that bag. But like, do you think that argument is going to win me a discount? No, it will not because the market has decided that it will bear the $2,000 price tag. If no one was paying that, they would lower the price, but people are paying that because the market has decided it's worth it. Back when I used to shoot weddings, I felt really bad about charging anything more than wholesale cost for prints and albums. Like I felt like I was being sneaky or like tricking my clients. I wasn't factoring in the time that it took to design the album or prepare photos for sending to the printer. I wasn't factoring in overhead costs of running a business. I just kept treating my time like it wasn't expensive. Like, eh, it's just time. There's, you know, there's no hard costs associated with it. So who am I to charge for an hour of work? But then I remember that when I take my car in for repair, I'm charged for parts, 
and labor. So like if the battery in my car dies and instead of going to AutoZone and buying the battery at whatever they charge and then learning how to install it myself by watching countless YouTube videos and let's be honest, probably still doing it wrong. Instead, I take it to a shop and they replace the battery. I'm charged for the cost of the new battery plus an hourly fee for the amount of time it takes to install the new battery. Why? Because the auto shop has to pay its mechanics and it also needs to turn a profit in order to cover other overhead costs, like paying rent for their shop space, insuring their business, having a CPA submit their taxes, a bookkeeper, covering vacation time for its full-time employees, and I'm sure a lot more things. I'm not intimately familiar with how an auto shop runs. For some reason, though, because I worked for myself from home with my business of one, I didn't feel like I had the right to charge for all those same expenses that the larger business covers with their fees. But like, if I went to a local mechanic who has one employee and a small garage that can only serve one car at a time, I would still expect to pay for the services in addition to the parts that they're replacing in my car, despite the fact that this isn't a jiffy loop, because it's still a business. In your business, where does the money come from to pay for your website or that workshop you wanted to take on off-camera flash? How are you going to pay for that new camera body you need if you're only ever charging wholesale costs? Healthy businesses grow year over year, and in order to do that, you have to have a surplus. You have got to turn a profit. As an artist, society isn't going to be the one to tell you that you should charge more in order to turn a profit. It's going to come down to you knowing what it costs to run your business. It's going to come down to you knowing what you need to bring in in order to meet your financial needs, what kind of long-term savings goals you have, like college funds, retirement, heck, even that Disney trip that you want to take with your family or by yourself. No judgment here. Knowing your numbers will help you start making data-driven decisions about your pricing instead of emotional ones. When the guy at Herndon Auto Clinic tells me that it's $123 to remove the dog biscuits that a squirrel stuffed into our car's heating duct system, true story, I can guarantee you it's not an emotional decision. It's just business. Your pricing as a photographer isn't necessarily indicative of the quality of your work or the future of your career. One of my former interns, she's a wildly talented wedding and family photographer. So if she were based in my market, just outside of Washington, D.C., She could easily command $6,000 for her wedding collections. But because she's based in a rural part of Virginia where the average cost of living and the average household income per year, those are lower. And the wedding industry there is less extravagant than a metropolitan area. The market just won't hold with the kind of rate I know she's worth. Despite her obvious talent and predictable results and the outstanding experience she provides her clients, the local market has told her, sorry, as a collective, we just can't pay that high of a price. It doesn't mean that her work is any less incredible, and it's not a reflection of her talent or her experience or her expertise. So in that situation, maybe you choose to take bookings outside of your local market. Maybe you travel for your work, or you supplement your income with mini sessions or online products, print sales, or coaching. If you are committed to making a living as a photographer and your local market won't hold with the rates that you need to charge, this is the beauty of being self-employed. You can get scrappy and find ways to make up that income elsewhere. I know that pricing and increasing your rates can be scary, so do yourself a favor. Figure out what you need or want to bring in each year and work backwards from that. Know the number of hours that you want to work as well as the number of hours required for each type of project that you offer. For example, I know that a half-day brand client involves 21.5 hours of work for me. Work backwards from what you want to make and how many hours you want to or can afford to work 
instead of pulling numbers out of thin air, and I promise you, it's a lot easier to say no when someone asks for a discount or challenges your pricing when you know exactly how much it'll end up costing. If you're not willing to charge well for the sake of yourself, I wonder, who else is counting on you? Who else is going to miss out if you don't get serious about making a profit? Do you have a partner who's really looking forward to that Europe trip you keep talking about? The one you were going to pay for from the profits that your business generates? Maybe you have kids who you would love to send to college without them having to take out student loans. Every time you undercharge because you feel guilty or insecure, that college savings account suffers. Do you have parents or friends that you'd like to afford to spend more time with, but because your rates are too low, you have to take on more jobs than is comfortable. So you have to say, sorry, I can't hang out again. I've got editing that has to get done. The point that I'm trying to make is this. You need to stop feeling guilty for charging appropriate rates for your work. It's time to stop making emotional decisions about pricing and make numbers-driven ones instead. If you leave it to an outsider to decide what they'd like to pay you for your time, they will almost always disappoint you. And not because they're trying to be cheap or disrespectful. They simply don't know any better. They need you to teach them what an appropriate rate looks like. Because when you're paid appropriately for your work, the job is more satisfying for everyone involved. Satisfied business owners are more likely to go out of their way to thrill a client. And thrill clients are more likely to refer other clients. As a self-employed photographer... Wouldn't you rather work on your own terms instead of somebody else's? I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, remember to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode and head over to abbygrace.co slash podcast for even more resources to help you blow your clients away at your very next brand shoot. I'm Abby Grace and I'll see you next time. Now, let's go get after it, shall we?